Can you hear me now? Hey, listen. So, as we were wrapping up the uh, Roman series, and we did what we did last week, and um, we end up, we finished up, uh, you know, the Just to Ask It Already series. Um, as we were working through all that stuff, I kind of was like, um, I was kind of like, God, you know, I'm not really a Christmas person. <laughs> like, yeah, let's celebrate Jesus' birth, Savior of the world, that's awesome, like coming to the world. Like, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm all about that, don't get me wrong, but there's something about like, Christmas music that just like, I have very, like very seldom is there a good version of any Christmas, Christmas song. Okay, well, we found a couple, me and Anthony found a couple, okay, that, that's bearable. Okay, but I was like, like I don't want to do a four-week series on about Christmas because that just, whew, sorry, I'm Scrooge. Okay, I'm, I apologize. Um, but so as I as I was preparing, uh, as I was thinking through, praying through, um, I got introduced to this guy. His name is Kevin Foster, who will actually be here next week. Um, who has an incredible story, like an incredible story. Let me just give you a highlight. He was like big time in the mafia in New York. And God totally changed his life. So don't miss next week. So I thought, you know, well, why don't we talk about a changed life? And then we'll do Christmas for two weeks. You're welcome. And then we'll get into our next book, the book of Philippians. And um, But... Like, I believe this morning that somebody may have been waiting on God to shift some things in their life, right? You've been praying to God, God, I need you to readjust some things. I need you to revive some things. I need, I, I need you to renew some things, to rearrange something. And I'm here to tell you that God does have a plan for you, whether you believe it or not. Even in the midst of needing all of those things, God has a plan for you. I want to let you know that today may be the day where that shift happens, that change happens. But before that outward change, that thing that you're praying for to be changed and your circumstances around you to be changed, there is something inside of you that God wants to change first before he can work out the outside. We can say it like this. Before you see a move of God with your eyes, he needs to let, you need to let him do something with your heart. We need some inward momentum. I don't know if you know much about the word momentum, but it's force. It's, it's, a, it's driving. It's, it's like Tennessee beating Vanderbilt. The momentum slowly builds, or the lack of momentum, first part of it, right? It's Auburn about to beat Alabama. He had momentum. No, 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 no. no that's, that's a bad example, right? Because Alabama ended up beating them. There's something like a force in us. I'm not talking Star Wars, y'all. There's this momentum that has to start from the inside of us before God can ever change something on the outside of us. But many of us find ourselves here this morning laying on our mats, ignoring what God is doing on the inside of us, right? We're saying, God, I wish you would do something about this situation. I wish you would do something about this relationship. God, can you do something about my wife? Dang. Can you do something about my husband? 
Can you make sure that rent check doesn't bounce, God? Can you do something? I need you to intervene here, God. Can you help me do something? Ignoring the fact that God is wanting to do something first on the inside of you. There's something inside of you that needs to be changed. Can I show you? I mean, I don't care if you say yes or no. I got the mic. I'm going to do it anyway. There's this story found in, in Luke, and Jesus is out on mission doing the supernatural, right? Doing the supernatural, and he's gaining momentum, gaining a following to the point where, where massive crowds are around him listening to his speeches, right? Listening to him talk. They're, they're, they, they, they have so much faith in, in this Jesus that they, all they want to do is get close to him. You know, like the story of the woman who said, who said, if I could just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. That's the kind of momentum Jesus is having. Those people who would just crowd around, like the, the uh, blind Bartimaeus who would holler out. Like he, like he missed Jesus. It says he was on the outside of town, right? Because he, he couldn't get to Jesus on the inside. So he waited outside the gate waiting for Jesus to pass by. And when he heard Jesus passing by, he, he would yell, Jesus, have mercy on me. And people would go, I just need you to shut up. This is, don't, don't disturb the Messiah. Don't do any of that. And Jesus hears because faith does something. Like faith saying that God's going to move does something in us to where we don't care if people tell us to shut up or sit down. We're hollering for Jesus. And it, it will get Jesus' attention. And what did Jesus say to him? Bring him near to me. And this, this is the momentum Jesus was having. And like in this story, there's, there's, there's all kinds of people crowding around him. Common people, people in authority, religious leaders, people had faith to the point where they just wanted to get close to him. And listen, listen to the story. Luke 5, starting in verse 17. If you grew up in church, you probably saw this on a flannel board. Okay? If you don't know what a flannel board is, good. You're welcome. One day, many Jewish religious leaders, known as Pharisees, along with many religious scholars, came, uh, came from every village of Galilee throughout Judea and even from Jerusalem. That's the head honchos, y'all. That's the that's the people of the people, you know what I'm saying? To hear Jesus teach. And the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal. Can you imagine being in the presence of Jesus in the moment like where he's like instantly healing people and people are jumping up crazy and there's still people that are like, he's not the real Messiah. I'm like, did you just see that? You know what I'm saying? But hey, people are going to doubt. Some men came to Jesus carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him down in front of Jesus. But because there were, there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof, dug their way through the roof tiles, and lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the, of the, crowd, of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And here's the problem that I have with this story already. Derek, you can't have a problem with stories in the Bible. It's the Bible. Here's the problem that I have with this story. This is not a reflection of who we are. Like, Derek, what do you mean? What do you mean? Many of us see an obstacle in the way and we, we stop too short, don't we? Like, we don't have the faith to say, you know, I don't care if I have to repay to have this person's roof redone. I ain't, I'm digging through it. We don't have the faith to do that. Like, this isn't a true reflection. Like, I read stories like that, and I go, where is that in the church today? You with me? We see, we see an obstacle in the way, and we, we get lazy faith, and we give up. 
these guys had, had the option when faced with this obstacle to say, sorry, dude, I know we told you all this great things as we were carrying you over here, but we can't get you there, so we might as well give up now. Like, so we'll, just, we'll carry you back home to live your mundane life. And here's the thing. Like, for most of us, if we were that person, we would live the rest of our life saying, well, that's the will of God. I mean, all Jesus would say is, just get close to me. Guys had the option to, when faced with an obstacle, say, sorry, dude, we can't get, get you to the one that changed us, but they didn't. They were so moved by their experience with Jesus or what, what they witnessed with Jesus or what they heard about Jesus that they had no other option to do whatever it took to get our friend to, their friend to the feet of Jesus. And I wonder if we, can, if we really feel that way too, that, that no, I don't care what it takes, come hell or high water, come short of sin, are we willing to do whatever it takes to get to the feet of Jesus? Is that how much faith you really have? Or when you see an obstacle in your way, you just say, oh, well, maybe next time. Maybe next time he passes through. What if there's not a next time that he passes through? Ouch, right? So here's what they know. Here's, here's what they knew. They knew that often our obstacles aren't our real problem. But our biggest problem is our perspective of that said obstacle. Of that said obstacle. And how do I know this? How do I know this? One, they didn't focus on the obstacle, did they? See, what did they do? They immediately climbed to the roof and dug a hole in the roof and lowered their friend down at the feet of Jesus. Without, without a care, without a, without a, like, all abandonment. We don't care if we're going to have to repay to have this person's roof repatched. We're getting my friend to Jesus. I'm getting to Jesus no matter what it takes. If I have to tread, crawl, whatever. What's the old saying? If you can't walk, cross, you can't crawl. I don't know, I should, probably should have looked that up before. You get the point, right? Just keep moving. They didn't focus on the obstacle. Through faith, they focused on a solution. Because every second you spend wishing God would, would take away an obstacle is a forfeited opportunity to overcome. Every second you spend wishing God would take away an obstacle is a forfeited opportunity. How many of us have prayed for something to be taken out of your life that, that you just can't? And it's almost like instead of focusing on what's on the other side of the obstacle, you're focused on this obstacle and you can't see what God's doing on the other side of that. What if the point is that God doesn't want to take away that but wants to get you through that? Because you do realize your victory in one season becomes your burden in the next. You with me? Maybe the thing that you overcome today, your victory today, will be the burden tomorrow. There's going to be a whole other sort of enemy attacks when you, when you get to that point. You with me? So listen to this. I love, I love these next couple words. Not the whole verse. We'll get the whole verse here in a second. But this next verse starts off with saying, seeing the demonstration of their faith. Whose faith? Not the man's faith. Their friends, his friends' faith. Their demonstration of faith moved Jesus. So here's a side note. A side note, this is free. You don't have to pay me for this one, okay? Side note this morning. Some of us are in a season where we are burnt out. We're in a season where we're struggling to have faith, and you need to lean on, on the faith of others. 
get you through whatever obstacle you're in the middle of now. It's not okay to stay there. For some of us, we need to lean on those around us who have big faith because we can't, because we can't get through this season. Like, Derek, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, my faith is my faith, their faith is their faith. Well, what about the dad who brought their, brought their son, brought his son before Jesus and said he was possessed with a demon? Can you heal him? And you mean, what do you mean if I can? Anyone, think that, anyone who has faith or anyone who believes, he, all things are possible. And he goes, well, I believe, but help my unbelief. Was he healed because of his faith or because of his father's faith? His father's faith. You with me? That's just one story. Some of us see obstacles in the way. And we get burned out. We're in a season where we're struggling to have faith. And you need to lean on the faith of others to get you through. And that's okay. Just don't stay there. God, I just want to pray on that God that I'm going to pray for Brian. I'm going to pray over Brian. That whatever you're needing, whatever he's needing from you, that he has faith to ask for it. That he has faith to believe it. an obstacle in the way that needs to be moved, God, work it, work with him through it. Let the faith of those that are surrounding him right now, God, just fill him. only like you can move in the hearts of people. So the question becomes, what did their faith move Jesus to do? What did their faith move Jesus to do? You ready? Verse 23. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, Jesus said to the paraplegic man, remember, he can't walk. His legs aren't working. This is what he says. Maybe somebody needs to hear this this morning. My friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, imagine with me there for a minute. You're this man. You're laying on your mat, right? And all the way over here, you've heard stories from your friends. Oh, man. I saw him heal a blind man. So you're laying there like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Getting all amped up, right? And then you're like, oh, you know, your other friend says, I, 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 I saw him cleanse a leper. Like, he was totally clean. You're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And your other friend goes, I even saw him have another 
help another man walk. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is my man right here. And so you're lower to the roof. You're right there at the feet of the person they just told you all about, right? You're like, oh, here comes my miracle in 10, 9. I'm about to walk out of this room. 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Here it is. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, thank you for that. Like, that's really awesome. I'm glad my sins are forgiven, but uh, uh, my friends told me all the way over here that you can help me walk, and um, I need a little bit more than that. See, that, see that's, that's the problem with that. You with me? Because that would be us, wouldn't it? That would be us, and I mean, if I'm like this guy, I'm like, I, I, that would be me. I, I, what about my legs? Like, I appreciate it, I really do, but I haven't been able to walk, and I would like not to be a burden on the people I live, work, and play with. Like, could you do something about my legs? And, I, like, seriously, I, I know my sins are forgiven now, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's where the problem is with us, isn't it? We think we know what we need, and that's probably really a want, before we get to the want, the outward move of God, right? He first has to do something on the inside of us because for whatever external limitations you have in life, God will reveal to you an internal grace that is so much greater. What God wants to do in you instead of for you is so much better than what, he, what you want him to do for you. Remember that, you know, that he has plans for you, plans that you can't even imagine. What God wants to do in you is greater than what he is going to do outside of you. But when God starts to change the inside of you, people begin to notice. And haters are going to hate. You with me? I'm bringing out some Taylor Swift. You with me? You want to know how I know? Listen to this. So Jesus has said, your sins are forgiven. And watch this. <clears throat> the Jewish religious leaders... And the religious scholars whispered objections among themselves. Who does this man think he is to speak such blasphemy? You like my little accent? No, I'm not offended. When God can, only God can forgive sins, does he think that he is God? This is like super scary. Super scary, y'all. Because listen to this next verse. Jesus knowing their thoughts. Ooh. He's like, let me wash out my head real quick, make sure uh, no, there's no evil thoughts. And they're like, he knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were thinking. Crazy. And he said to them, why do you argue in your heart? Apparently these people needed something changed on the inside. They needed some inward momentum. Why do you argue in your hearts over what I do and think that it's blasphemy for me to say his sins are forgiven? Let me ask you. That's, let, you know when your mom, when you get in trouble, let me ask you one question. Whew, like if Jesus said it to me, I'm like, whatever, you're right. <laughs> let me ask you, which is easier to prove when I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher, and walk? So Jesus turned to the paraplegic man, and he said, we're going to pause right here just for a second. We're going to pause right here just for a second. Yep. This man already had an inward change, right? His heart was changed because for something to happen on the outside of us, our perspective, our hearts have to change. 
right? Now, come, now comes the outward movement. But when God begins to change something on the inside of you, you're going to have people who tell you to shut up, to sit down, to be quiet. But when you've experienced a real move of God on the inside, there's something that you can't shut up about. That's why when they hired me at Knox County School, I made sure they knew and they were aware, hey, listen, I'm going to talk to people about Jesus. So if you don't like that, don't hire me. And they said, well, Southville probably needs that. <laughs> okay, fine. I ain't got trouble yet, so. But there's something on the inside of us that we just can't shut up about it. If we've truly been changed. There's something that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you're waking up every morning reading John Edwards for four hours and you don't know who John Edwards is? Okay, you're good. You're good. I'm just saying there's something on the inside of us that, that's a momentum on the inside of us that we can't shut up about. We can't stop praising about. Like, you may tell me to shut up, but I'm going to get louder like that man, blind Bartimaeus, outside the gate wall. They told him to shut up, and he just started screaming louder. Jesus! Have mercy on me! I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. Give it all I got. Shout it from, sorry. Oh, Toby Max on. I mean, I told me Max. Well, what? Christ had to change this man's heart. Right? Let's, let's read this. Ready? To prove to you all that I, that I, the Son of Man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you now, stand up, carry your stretcher, and go on home, for you are healed in an instant. When? Instant. Like, I need one of those. I don't need this to percolate in the, in, in the potluck crock pot. I need like one of these instant like, God, I need something now, right? The, the man rose right before their eyes. He stood, picked up his stretcher, and went home, giving God all the glory with every step he took. Christ had to change the man's heart before he could change his situation. Because, here's the, here's the thing. If your heart's not right, your steps aren't going to be right. Where your perspective or heart is, is the direction in which you will step. Where your perspective or heart is, is the direction you will step in. Like, he, Jesus could have healed his leg first. He could have. But if he didn't change the heart, his legs didn't matter. Your legs didn't matter. Here's what we've got to understand, right? Standing was an act of faith for this man. Standing is an act of faith for this man. Like, I'm not, I don't know if he was from birth a paraplegic or it happened just two years ago, but there's a significant amount of times where he couldn't walk, right? So even to stand was an act of faith. And I wonder what us in this room, and if you're listening to this later, what is God asking you to do? What is God asking you to step out in faith in that you're not? You with me? Here's faith for dummies. Faith is just acting like God's telling the truth. You with me? Like what he said he's going to do, he's going to do. Faith is just acting like God said what God said he said he would do. Okay? Like what is Christ telling you to step out in faith on? For some of us, it may be leaving that job. 
For some of us, it may be staying at that job. For some of us, it may be writing that check. For some of us, it may be starting that ministry. For some of us, it may be to order whatever that is that you're supposed to order so you can start your ministry. For some of us, it's to go back to school. For some of us, it's to withdraw from school and focus on what you need to focus on. You with me? God is calling everyone in this room to something. And the question is, are you stepping out in faith? Are you trusting what God said is true? Like Derek, but what if I'm hearing him wrong? Well, at least you try. There's always the next one. They gotta still know this is the right step to take. Well, you won't know until you do it. Like, what if it's the wrong one? Well, well, God says I'll be with you. Right? But that's a little scary. That's like a paycheck, right? But you can trust God to get you to heaven, but you can't trust Him to get you to the end of the month. Just saying. Just saying. But did you notice what Jesus told this man to do? Did Jesus tell you, you notice what he told him to do? Go back. To prove to you all that I, the Son of Man, have a lawful authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you now, stand up, which would have been an act of faith. Right? Remember? He hadn't walked in for however many long. Like, I can't trust these ankles. Have you seen my ankles? They're not very good. Okay? Here's, here's, here's where it gets a little tricky for us traditional, conservative Christians. You ready? Carry or pick up your stretcher and go home for you are healed. Now, if you grew up in church, you've heard this really great saying, and it's true when it involves sin, but what's that saying when you come to the altar and you pray, people when you get up, what do they say to you? Leave it at the altar. The very thing that seems impossible, right? This walking thing is the very thing Christ is asking you to do. We'll get back to that here in a second, my old school church folk. Okay? The question is, do you have faith for that that's impossible in your life? Do you have faith that is impossible. Because listen, it's only impossible until it happens. You with me? And now, the very thing he was bound to, the very thing that he probably got bed sores from, the very symbol of his task, church people would say, just leave it at the altar. You don't need to carry that anymore. Jesus tells this man to pick it up and carry it. Why? Because it goes against everything that we've been taught at church, right? Just leave it with the Lord. But if we leave it with the Lord, we won't, wouldn't have a story. Here's why. Your bondage is now your breakthrough story. Your bondage is now your breakthrough through story. In an instant, the man rose right before their eyes. Here's the thing. He was obedient. 
because our job and the whole faith thing, our whole job on this inward momentum, our whole job in, 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 in God doing something on the inside and the outside, all our job is obedience. The outcome is His. You with me? So He rose right before them. He stood. I don't know if He was wobbly like those deers when they are first born, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if He stood. He picked up His stretcher. He picked up His mat. And he went home giving God all the glory with every step he took. With every step. Here, I can imagine him standing up and him picking it up and going, walking out the door, and I just walking out the door going, look at what God did. Carried me here. What? I'm carrying, okay, hey, hey, Josh, hey, Josh, 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 look, look, look. You know, I was laying on it, and now I'm not like, look, hey. I was at the, I just got near to him, and look what he did. Like he said, my sins are forgiven, and that's awesome. Like I'm really excited about that. I'm going to heaven, but then I was like laying there going, man, and my legs gonna be healed too, because yeah, I'm, I'm excited about being to heaven. I know I'll get a new body there, and that, and whatever. But but look at what he did. Like I was laying there, and I, he he said, stand up, pick it up. I don't know why I'm carrying this thing. It's nasty. I pooped and peed, and I had bed sores all over it. But look, look at what he did. Look at what God, because here's why that's important. This is why it's important for us to pick up the things that we are in bondage to and wave it around. One, because it makes the enemy scared. You with me? Like the enemy knows what you've been going through and what, the, what this means to you. He wants you to hide it. He wants you to leave it there at the altar. But God's like, pick it up. Wave it around. It's your battle flag, y'all. It's your battle flag. Revelations. 12, 11, it says, they conquered him, him being Satan, completely through the blood of the Lamb, salvation, and the word of their testimony. Look at what God did. Everybody will know I am changed on the inside because now they can see it with their own eyes. Jesus told him to go home, go to the people he lived, worked, and played with to let them see the change that had happened. Can you imagine him walking in your door after you've been, you've been taking, wiping his butt for however many years? Laying him at the temple gates for him to beg. See, this goes far beyond just being able to walk. He can now work for himself. He can now provide for his family. Now he can give back to those who had given, given to him so, for so many years. He said, go to the people you live, work, and play. Go home. Go to the people you live, work, and play with. Let them see the change. Go back to where you came from, carrying the very thing that held you back. And go, ooh, look at this. You don't hold me anymore. And when you do that, when you do that, guess what happens? You want to know, Josh? The people were seized with astonishment and dumbfounded over what they had just witnessed. And they all praised God, remarking over and over, incredible. Incredible. What an unbelievable miracle we've seen today. Many of us are too afraid to pick up our breakthrough story and share it. But I'm here to tell you today, 
you go to live where you live, work and play with, and you forget those people who knew you. Like, and I'm a, like I often say, if you want to know if you want to know something about me, don't go ask my friends because they'll tell you the truth. You with me? If you want people, to, if you want people to know the change. Who are the people that you that you live, work, and play with? The ones that you made jokes with? The ones that you did those things with? And he goes, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Do you see the path that I was on? And he told me to get up and walk. He changed something on the inside of me, and now it's changed something on the outside of me, and I just can't sit down or shut up because I am changed. So I don't know how you walked in here this morning. But I want to do this real quick. I'm not going to have the band come up and play a song. I'm not going to do any of that. But what I want to do, I just want everybody to bow their heads for a second. I'm not going to have you raise your hands. I'm not going to have you do any of that stuff, okay? But I want you to think about the day when you were forever changed. I want you to think about the day that you needed God to come through, and it was almost like it was slow motion because he, your, some, your perspective began to change on something, and all of a sudden that, that worry was gone, that, that change. I want you to think about the time when, when God totally changed you. Maybe it was the birth of that child. Maybe it was that pregnancy. Maybe it was that family member coming back. Maybe it was you getting that job. Maybe it was you, you, I don't know what your story is, but you've held that story in. You're like, people won't care about this. No, 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 this is your breakthrough story. No matter how big or how small it was. me was sitting in my mom and dad's living room. I still see it now, that wooden bench with pillows on it, that pillows are there to make it more comfortable, but it's really not that more that much comfort. And I'd held a story in. The story of what had been done to me by an aunt. Held it in. Like God had freed me from it, but I hadn't freed myself from it. moment for the first time when I spoke it out loud I felt freedom to share you see your, yourself it's your story can you imagine it again love the word imagine lately yet sir in Hebrew you got the image in your head joy that you felt in that moment, the freedom you felt in that moment, and I'm going to pray, here's what I'm asking you to do, don't forget your breakthrough story, because you're supposed to go home and with every step that you take, rejoice in what God has sent you through, what He changed in you that story you're, you're supposed to share with somebody today. Say, God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here. 
thank you so much that just like this man laying on the bat, uh, on the mat, even though we sometimes forget that you're needing to do something on the inside of us, that you are changing something on the inside of us. Changing something on the inside of us so that, so that we can have an outward experience in showing others, look at what you have done in me. And if he did it for me, don't think for a second he can't do it for you. God, I pray for opportunities today. Whether it be at the grocery store, the gas station, sitting around the dinner table tonight, walking around Walmart, wherever the case may be, God, that you give us the opportunity to share our breakthrough story, our get up off that mat, pick it up story. show that we've really been changed from the inside out.